Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thursday, March 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, uh, they, they just sent out a release, the Guardians did, that the 28-foot by 81-foot sign uh, above the scoreboard at Progressive Field is going to begin installation uh, today, and it should take about six days to complete. So by next week, uh, next Wednesday, they should be installing the last letter on that sign, uh, putting the finishing touches on it to, to make it ready. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe fans will get a chance to see it up close if the lockout ever ends. <laughs> Joe, that might be the loneliest sign in, in baseball, <laughs> new sign in baseball, the way this thing is going. Uh, you know, just when you think they're, they, they're inching to the finish line, you know, they, they both, you know, the, something, the wrench gets thrown in, you know the monkey wrench gets thrown into the into the negotiations, and uh, we're back. You know it's almost like we're back, not back to square one, but you know it's just a frustrating, really a frustrating development. So uh, at this point yesterday, it seemed like there was a chance that things could get wrapped up by the end of the day, and you know games would be saved. You'd be able to play a 162 game season and everything was going to be okay. And then the players union slams on the brakes after uh, this owner's proposal and this insistence on this ultimatum, basically, you will accept this international draft proposal or else this, this, and this. Uh, the, why are the owners derailing this whole process over what seems like a secondary issue? Yeah, I, it, it is really... It strikes me as strange, Joe, because, you know, they've been trying to do this for the last 10 to 15 years. Um, they've been talking about an international draft and it's gone nowhere. It's got no traction. You know, it, it's a complicated process, you know, not just with the Latin American countries, but does this include Japan? Does it include Cuba, the Pacific Rim, Rim countries? Does it include Australia, all these teams that have you know, professional leagues. I mean, are, are, do, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, work, get into that? How do you, uh, you know, select players from there? You know, in Japan, they have the posting system, you know, does that go away? What, you know, so, you know, I think it's really geared toward, you know, Latin America, the countries that aren't, 
covered by the draft and that's all of them except uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, it's, it, it just seems like it's a, a really a thorny issue, a complicated issue and something you don't throw in at the last two days of negotiations because you know, you'll never get it settled with that, you know, in that short a period of time. It, was it a strategy of, of Manfred, of the leagues, to, to wait that long and, and drop this thing in uh, at, the la- at the 11th hour, you know, thinking this was what they really wanted all along was to get this draft in there? Uh, because they seem to have, have, have made movements on what was touted as the, the big financial issues, the, the, the bonus pool, the competitive balance tax. All, they've all come together on those numbers. They've gotten so much closer than... Uh, what they originally started out, but there was never any mention of this international draft. And now uh, in, in what seems like the 11th hour, they drop it in thinking they can just swoop in and, and get this. Is this their big prize of these negotiations? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Joe, the, the owners have made a lot of concessions. They, they've made a lot more concessions than I thought they would. You know, they didn't come off, you know, the basic, uh, their basic beliefs. It's still six years of free agency. You know, they didn't go to two years of arbitration. So those fundamental things stayed the same. But like you said, you know, they've come to get, they've come a long way in the, in the, you know, competitive balance tax, the bonus pool. They never, they've never had that before. Now, you know, they've committed what $40 million, mm-hmm. you know, a, a year over the, you know, which was what, if it's a five-year deal, that's a $200 million increase to the, to the, to the, you know, to, to the players that, are, are, you know, don't have arbitrate, aren't eligible for arbitration. They, you know, they've, they come together on a draft lottery, something they've never had. They've, they've, you know, they've dramatically, you know, raised the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, ba- the minimum salary. And so I don't know, did they think they gave away too much and they were looking for a win here that, you know, that the, that the, if they could get the, uh, you know, the international draft that would make it, they would, that would make it a win for the owners. I, I don't know, but it's, it's really a strange strategy. Yeah. It's almost like they're saying, you know, Hey, we gave away so much financially and yes, it, it, the, the players earned what they've gotten financially. They, they, they certainly have a, you're talking about a, an upfront increase in the minimum salary of over a hundred thousand dollars and almost $200,000 by the end of this, this CBA you know, over the life of it, uh, did the owners sit there and it's almost like they're saying, Hey, we gave away all of this on the financial side, but on this, you know, philosophical or institutional side, we're going to get a big chunk here. We're going to get something. Uh, and it's going to be this international draft. And, uh, you know, just to play devil's advocate, not that I would argue against the, the players in any way here, but you know, what, for the, from the player's perspective, why, why fight the international draft so hard? Yeah, I, you know, Joe, that's a great question. I think, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of it is coming from the Latin American ball players. You know, I think, uh, you know, just from reading, you know, uh, uh, David Ortiz and Pedro Mar- Martinez, two Hall of Famers are against it. Um, not, you know, I guess, they, you know, they, they came up to that system. That, that's the culture there. And, uh, you know, there, yes, is there, there, you know, there, there's some, uh, you know, there's, there's some, you know, kind of the seamy side of it, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. goes both ways for, you know, for the people involved and, and for the, for major league baseball, the people involved in major league baseball, there's been cases 
where the scouts and, and scouting directors have gotten kickbacks from, you know, the Latin American players signing bonuses, you know, people have been kicked out of baseball for that. Um, and, you know, there's also the, you know, that, that, you know, this is the source of cheap labor from major league baseball. And it's, you know, obviously they're making, you know, players are making more money now than they have been, but um, you know, there's no draft and they're not protected by the draft. So you can sign guys, you know, kid for like, you know, if, if you're not, you know, a top prospect, you, you can, you're going to sign for 2000 or $3,000 or $4,000, you know, Bartolo Colon, I think signed for what, $3,000, $3,000. And, you know, he's a Cy Young winner and, and pitched till he was over 40. So, you know, there's all sorts of inadequacies with the, with that, uh, you know, system, but it's a system that's been in place, you know, since, since, you know, the, 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 uh, the Dominican Republic players started coming to the big leagues. So I guess, you know, just trying to step back and, and look at it as a whole, I, I understand the players, you know, wanting to be committed to this, the system, because it's, it, it's how they came up guys like Ortiz and, and Martinez, like you said, but if there's a way to improve the system and get more money into the hands of some of these top dra- uh, draft prospects as well, we're talking uh, what a $5.3 million uh, draft slot for the, the top guys in this international draft uh, is what's being proposed out there. If, if you're looking at it from the perspective of it could clean up some of this, you know, uh, sort of mafia esque feeling to how this goes on, uh, you know, organized crime almost. But if, if, or if major league baseball is looking to legitimize that whole process, uh, I, I really don't understand the, the strong opposition to it. Uh, I get it. it do, do the players, does the players association think that they can't get a majority of players to vote for a CBA that includes this? I, is, is that a, a possibility? It could be, you know, and, you know, it's not just like Ortiz and Martinez, you know, older players and retired players that are against it. I saw George Valera, you know, uh, the Indians prospect, uh, uh, you know, posting on social media against it. And this is a kid that, you know, grew up in New York and, you know, he was back, born in yeah. the Dominican, you know, returned to, uh, you know, w- w- raised in New York, then returned to uh, the Dominican so he could get signed for, you know, a, a decent signing bonus. Maybe he wasn't going to get drafted if he had, get, you know, if he had gotten drafted while he was in the United States, he, he might not have made that much money. So, you know, it's it's really uh, it's really kind of a, it, you know, it, that's the kind of it, it's really a complicated issue, and I don't think you can solve it by just throwing it into the negotiations in the last week. And right. uh, you know, and, and to their credit, uh, you know the. the there was one option that the, the owners gave the players, you know, let's, let's study this. Let's okay. Well, let's take the, uh, you know, the, the deal as it is, let's study this until you know, November 15th. And uh, then if there is no, if we can't reach a deal, we'll throw the draft out and uh, you know, the draft compensation will, will co- come out, co- go away as well. You know, the, the players, you know, draft comp- compensation will, will be in place again. And that's mm-hmm. one of the uh, things that right. the owners were willing to give up, you know, the, the uh, uh, you know, with the compensation on the free agent picks. 
Right. And and they're not looking to start a, a draft until what, 2024 was what, what I had seen that that could be the, the earliest when they would start right. that. Uh, you know, just looking at it, you brought up George Valera, uh, just looking at it from a Guardian's perspective. And, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Uh, the Guardians do such a good job uh, of in this international draft. They found so many players like George Valera, like Jose Ramirez, like a, a whole list of of players that uh, have have come up and performed for Cleveland uh, in the past. Is, is this something, is an international draft something that could hurt the Guardians' chances uh, of the way they develop their talent and, and build their teams? It, you know, I think it could. Uh, you know, I think, well, it would certainly, you know, yeah, you know, I think it would, Joe. I mean, they've invested all that money in the, the academy down there. Uh, in, in the Dominican, they just opened it a couple of years ago, uh, you know, but every team has, you know, almost every team has an academy in the Dominican and they really, uh, you know, in Venezuela, they really kind of funnel those players in there and really work with those kids. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it could have, it could certainly, you know, take away their ability to, uh, you know, network and get the players they want. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to be regulated by a draft, you know, you know, how many picks do you get? How many picks will each team be limited to? Because right now, you know, the, uh, they draft, I don't think, you know, they have a bonus pool. Like I think it was seven or $9 million this past season. And they can sign as many players as they want with that money. Right. And, you know, they usually sign what 25 to 30 players. I don't know if you would, you know, if there's that many rounds in this in proposed uh, international draft. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about leveling the playing field, making it, you know, the same for everybody that, that would take away that advantage that, that Cleveland has in, in that area. Um, but also it would it would limit them. I think one of the proposals was the the, the teams that would be able to draft, uh, you know, pick at the top of that draft that would rotate every like four years uh, through through divisions. And they divide them up that way. And, and so they wouldn't even be picking at the top of that draft every year to, 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 you know, get the players that they want necessarily, which is, that sounds kind of scary. Yeah. And, you know, I think right now the money it's, it's driven by, you know, obviously it's driven by money. Like the Yankees are going to, you know, they're usually the team that pays the most or the White Sox have been, you know, have had great success in, in the international free agent market with, you know, look at their roster right now. They've, they've signed a lot of, big name players, young, you know, Latin American players that have come over and really played well for them. Uh, you know, so m- money always talks, but yeah, the, the draft would, would definitely kind of level that playing field for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess, you know, just to, to sort of put a, uh, to, to wrap up this kind of discussion here, uh, this, the idea of this international draft, it, it, the idea of pulling players, you know, from this area, this region has always been sort of like one of Cleveland's like secret advantages over the past several years in, in sort of beating the system as a small market team. And I guess when you give the big market teams equal opportunity to, to, to the talent that you're, you're looking at, uh, I think that it should be something that's, that's kind of scary to, uh, you know, team, the small market team, the, the Tampa's, the Cleveland's and, and, and the like. So yeah, to, to me, it's, and to have it sort of inserted there at, in the, the last moments of the negotiations, 
really just sort of doesn't sit well with me. So uh, again, another a, a whole other aspect of this this process that uh, it's just baffling to me. Yeah, and, that, and now Joe, if they and on a, on a different subject, if they you know what we've got twelve games canceled now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so and so if if they don't you know you know I always I, you know just from judging you know by uh, uh, Manfred's uh, statement last night is you know after he canceled the 12 games, you know, at this, the last sentence in his statement kind of left the door open. You know, if we hope that the players will, will, will reconsider and accept our offer, you know, you're always thinking, well, can they make this, can they still make a 162 game season work? But, you know, I think if you reach this weekend, I don't see how you do that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so, why like yesterday was sort of a, it was more of a hard deadline yesterday than I think we've seen in the past, because now if you're going to actually miss games off the schedule, if you're going to play fewer than 162 games, uh, he, he moved opening day to, to April 14th at the earliest. That's the earliest possible. So if you're going to play uh, 162 games, you're going to either have to play into the middle of November or you're going to have to play a bunch of double headers which nobody is going to want to see. Uh, maybe they bring back the seven inning double headers for, for that purpose alone. Uh, or, you know, you're playing fewer than 162 games and then you've got to talk about uh, back pay and, uh, you know, compensating the players in some other way. Uh, if, if you're talking about, you know, they want their full pay for 162 games. If they're not going to play it, they're not going to get it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point, Joe. I mean, they, they just added another, you know, another boulder to the, to the, to the boulder. They're trying to push up this, this hill to get this deal done. How, you know, they, you know, the players are going to want to get paid for, you know, 162 a full season, you know, they, they're going to want a full season's service time. And, and by canceling 12 games, you know, they're just not going to get it if, unless, you know, so so now they got to negotiate that. Not only do they have to negotiate this, uh, you know, the international draft and everything, you know, and come to terms with all these other things. Now they've thrown another log on the fire, and it's it just, you know, it's insanity. It it, it they just make things worse instead of better. Well, Hoinsey, uh, according to news that just came in as we're recording this podcast. Uh, all of this conversation that we've we've just had over the last 15 to 20 minutes is all for naught. Uh, MLB and the Players Association have agreed that they have until July 25th to reach a deal on international draft that would start in 2024. A source tells uh, ESPN's Jeff Passan. Uh, if a deal is reached, the qualifying offer will vanish. If no deal, the qualifying offer will return and the initial international system will re- remain the same. So... All this conversation that we just had about how the international draft is, is blowing things up, uh, that issue has been resolved. So now if they can get closer on the core economic issues, we're, we're going to have baseball and we might just have a 162-game season uh, starting the first week of April. Yeah, you know, the way it just sounded like, you know, even after uh, the commissioner, you know, canceled the the, the the last what the uh, these next these last six games, they kind of left the door open last night, and you, they mm-hmm. continued to talk. And this wasn't 
the international draft, I, I can't believe was going to, you know, was going to submarine this thing, you know, was going to keep this deal from getting done. I mean, I think cooler heads prevailed, you know, both sides hopefully, you know, have, have seen the, the, you know, the folly of their ways and, you know, just want to get back to playing baseball. I mean, save the 162 game season and, and get it done. All right. So we're talking about the possibility of things getting wrapped up rather quickly. Now that this international draft obstacle is out of the way, uh, we could have uh, another podcast coming at you here. Uh, hopefully at some point later on this afternoon or this evening, uh, if, if that's the case, look forward, uh, look, look for it here on cleveland.com uh, and, and where you, you listen to our podcast, uh, Hoinsey, uh, we got to go write some stories now. Uh, let's, let's get to it. Uh, hopefully the, uh, everything's wrapped up and, and we'll be uh, singing a much different tune uh, later on this evening. Uh, if that's the case, we'll talk to you again later on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.